0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Monday, this means Father Charles Murr is with me. Father, thanks for taking the time to join us to talk about the life of Christ. Terry, always a pleasure
1: and an honor. I mean
0: that. Oh, well, it's right back at you, Father. Father, before we we get into the topic uh, of the incarnation that Bishop Sheen's talking on, the life of Christ, I wanted to obviously get to the gospel, but I also wanted to, we have a, a term, need to know file and the reason I do this is I want people to be high information Catholics so that they can pray for holy mother the church pray for conversion of sinners for their own sins so that uh, they're not just wallowing in life in other words just say, saying well whatever whatever I'm I'm I have no purpose no we have a purpose and and I I think uh, one of the things I wanted to mention is bishop Fulton, excuse me bishop joseph strickland just came out with his his uh letter on suffering, the importance of engaging in redemptive suffering. And um, he's got seven letters. And, you know, I, I can't think, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but I always say everything on the air because, you know what, it is what it is. This might be his swan dive. In other words, we see uh, saints do this, right? Letters, uh, like, like yesterday was the feast of uh, of uh, St. Uh, Ignatius of, of uh, if, you know, Antioch. Of Antioch? Yeah, yes. yesterday. And, you know, he wrote those seven letters, right? And then he was killed. And I, I can go on and on to different people as saints. So I don't know, but my point, my question to you is, this the importance of Catholics understanding redemptive suffering. It used to be, we used to hear as kids, mom, dad, hey, Father, Terry, offer it up. And we knew exactly what that meant. Father, I'm not so sure today Catholics even have a clue to what that means
1: no, and you know why they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I both know why they haven't been educated for the last sixty years. Right. However, there's also something else that's happened. Uh, let me let me go back just a, a moment to Pope John Paul II. Pope John Paul II, as as uh, anti communist as he was, and you can understand why. Yeah, really. He was also. And this surprised people. It didn't surprise me, but he was also anti-capitalist. Mm-hmm. In in what sense? Not in the sense of, of free enterprise. He uh, believed in free enterprise. Unbridled
0: capitalism. That's what he called yeah, it. Yeah,
1: unbridled capitalism. That's exactly it. And materialism. Yes. And both both sides, the, both the communists and the capitalists, are guilty of that. Yeah, of I materialism. agree.
0: Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But...
1: And this materialism that we've been living, especially in the West, has really done a job on our spirituality, on our spiritual lives. There you go. And we look at everything as as material, material, material. You know what was that? What was that uh, famous thing they said in the nineteen sixties? The man who dies with the most with the most toys wins.
0: Yes, that's a famous quote. Yes. I, well, I mean, that, 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 you know, that's that's what it's come down to. Yeah.
1: So people don't understand spiritual needs. No. Well, of course they don't understand spiritual needs. That's why divorces are so high. That's why uh, 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 children are abused. That's why they're they're not taken care of. That's why nobody wants children because Mm -hmm. they're a a, a bother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've lost all of this. So therefore, we've also lost the idea of redemption Mm -hmm. along with that. And if we've lost the idea of redemption, we've lost the means to redemption. What are the means to it? Prayer. Mm -hmm sacrifice. And as you just got done saying, we all were raised on this, Terry. I, I, I heard it 10 times a day. Oh, yeah. Offer it up. <laughs> exactly. We went to Catholic school. We went, we had Catholic homes. We went to school. We came home. It was the same vocabulary. Offer it up. <laughs> yep. That's and, up. and also offer it up for the poor souls. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, I just, I just, I just did something the other day that I hadn't done for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I was driving along and, uh, uh, Thinking to myself, I was I was going to, I was going to say a rosary, and I'm thinking of of, of people to remember in the rosary who has to be remembered.
0: Yes.
1: And then I then it suddenly came to me, and I hadn't thought about this in the longest time. The most forgotten soul in purgatory. There
0: you go.
1: Pray for the most forgotten, forgotten soul, the most abandoned soul, the soul who has no family, no friends, nothing. Yeah. The, all right. And and another one, the other extreme was when we were taught: this pray for the soul that's closest to redemption.
0: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that, Excellent. That, that
1: soul might, that that soul might escape purgatory, get out of purgatory, and get into heaven. The fullness of God's beatific vision. All of those things we've lost, and that's a that's a real shame. That's a real shame. And Father, uh, you, we're, we're going to get them back. We are. We'll get them can back. I just so add one
0: thing that you when you said about sure. the poles and so, souls and souls in purgatory. That when you do, and this is a benefit for everyone to be praying for the souls in purgatory. When they get out of purgatory and they're in heaven, guess what, folks? They're praying for you. So there's a really added uh, advantage in praying for the soul. So your point, what you just said, will change my rosary today. Yes, and I hope it changes yeah. our intentions. Because that's powerful to be praying for the poor souls. You're gonna, the wouldn't that be great,
1: Terry, to be met by a perfect oh, stranger exactly. in heaven who says, You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Right? You were the one. Right, that would it. be fantastic. I That's the communion it. of saints. Absolutely. The communion absolutely. of saints.
0: I only have one more need to know file, and then we'll get into the gospel and sheen and then uh sure. topic. And Father, I hate to say this. I always say I'm embarrassed to bring these things up as a Catholic. I really am. Because what happened last week is the third edition of the St. Jerome uh, commentary came out and it's 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 called the jerome biblical commentary for the 21st century almost like uh something must change because we're in the 21st century with scripture i don't think so and i'll, I'll just mention this uh, there was one of the archbishops down in columbia saying uh, about the senate that's going on he says you can't remove pages from the bible i thought he had to say that father I I
1: mean, I I guess guess it had to be said. It had to be
0: said. Apparently so. And in this biblical commentary, which unfortunately I'm embarrassed to have to say, that Pope Francis wrote the introduction and approved of this. And this is a commentary that actually, are you ready for this? Approves of homosexuality as being a legitimate expression of love, and um, they have these all. they, They they try and give a scripture commentary on Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 27, and and try to explain that St. Paul wasn't saying that it's bad. And, you know, they do the gymnastics. Now, Father, in this commentary, there's Protestant guys that are commenting on it saying, hey, um, what is the exegesis here? The Catholic Church is all wet. And there's one famous man that I met, James White, who's the most anti-Catholic protestant in the world and i thought i'd never agree with him but i agree with his comment his comment on the commentary that it has nothing to do with um exegesis it's just a it's a woke document that means that they're going along with the world rather than of christ and so it's sad but now one of the points about this father is even homosexuals active homosexuals say this is garbage why don't you be honest Romans chapter one, sure, it condemns homosexuality. In our position, we just happen to disagree with it. And I said, well, there's an honest man. Your thoughts.
1: Oh, The the last thing you said makes perfect sense, and that's the way it should be taken. First, let me just say this. Uh, Let me just say this. I grew up in a a very Catholic ambient. Uh, However, we had Protestants. Even in a you know intermarriage, so we had an aunt who was Protestant, another aunt who was a Protestant this, and they were very careful what they said.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but they said it, yeah, and they were and and I remember hearing these pointed things. They were usually shut up immediately, put down immediately the the, the discussion. But one of the things that they had wrong in their heads, yeah in their in their Protestant psyche was that we Catholics simply go along 100% with the Pope. And if the Pope tells us to to jump up and down three times, we jump up and down three times. Everything the popes that's nonsense.
0: That's it weird. was
1: always nonsense. And yes. I'll tell you one one of the good things about the Bergoglio pontificate. Yeah, tell me,
0: Father, because I, I, I'm, I'm trying to scratch my head for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we had to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> Yes, the,
1: there is something good. <laughs> there is something good I came up with it. Oh good. Keep this as an original thought. All right. right? We disagree with him.
0: Yeah.
1: And on this matter completely. Of course. Every end what he's what he's trying to promote, the one world government and the right. one world church, we disagree with him completely and we are Catholics. Yes. We are Catholics because first and foremost Amen is our faith. Amen. First and foremost is our faith, okay? That's first and foremost. Now, if somebody wants to come along and change the teaching of the church, remember, they're not just, it's not, they're changing the teaching of the church.
0: That's right.
1: No, no. They're they're changing or attempting to change the teaching of Almighty God. Can't do it. God spoke through Scripture. That's right. He speaks through Scripture. He spoke and he speaks through the church. He speaks through the magisterium. He speaks, speaks through tradition. Yep. All of those things come together and we 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 enjoy all of them because they get us to the truth. When somebody, and it doesn't matter that he be the Pope.
0: No, anyone.
1: You you cannot contradict. You cannot contradict. No one can contradict the law of God. You can't, and you can't change it. You know. Now they they go they go on this Terry. You're, 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 this is what
0: you're going to hear. Hang on, I want to hear it on the other side of the break. Father, wait a second. We got a music coming on. Oh, you're you're just getting me wound up. No, they, yeah, I I like it. You wound up in the afternoon. It's early morning here in California, but I love it. Father Murr's going to uh, give us some insights today when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show, and I'll say it right now. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Yeah, I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, yeah, Father Murr and I, hey, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr comes in every Monday to share the gospel about the life of Christ. And beginning of the show, we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the craziness in the church and uh, this this new commentary, St. Jerome biblical commentary for the 21st century has some really bad things in there for women's ordination and for homosexuality being legitimized. Father, you were going to make a point. We got interrupted by the break. Continue, please. I'm fired. Well, up you. let me let me do this.
1: Let me do this. I'm going to I love to tell a story and especially yeah, if it's got a, a chuckle to it. Of course. Right? Of course. They, they say, remember, here's the deal. When Protestants were telling us all along, when I told you through my childhood at least, that we Catholics were blind. We did whatever the Pope said. We didn't think for ourselves. We didn't pay any attention to sacred scripture, the Bible, this other. That's nonsense. We always paid attention to sacred scripture. We wrote it.
0: Yeah, you think?
1: <laughs> what, are you, what are you kidding me? We wrote it. All right. Now, it's, we're, we're in this situation. This, this, this is a story that's a joke. A couple had a, had a child. Yeah. Beautiful child, normal, happy. But the child never spoke. Hmm. One year old, never said, Dada, Mama, nothing. Two years old, not a word. Three, four, five years old, not a word. Hmm. When he was seven years old, they took him to different specialists. This and the other thing. Well, he was seven years old. They were having breakfast. And the kid who never spoke said, I hate this oatmeal. <laughs> the mother and father were absolutely shocked. They almost fell off their chairs. <laughs> you can speak. Jimmy can speak. Oh, my God. Ugh. He said, of course I can speak. He said, well, why haven't you said anything for seven years? And the kid said, up to now, everything was fine. <laughs>
0: that is a good right? one. Yeah.
1: Now, we say the same. thing. I said the same thing for for. Not criticizing, not criticizing the pope, and not criticizing the magisterium. Right, right. Up to now, everything was fine. Yeah, but things are not fine any longer. No, and when they're not fine, you will see that Catholics will defend what is right, yeah. and what is right is the Word of God is unchangeable. It is, it is, it's beautiful. Leave it. Don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I remember another thing. Here, let, let me just look at this too. Sure. There were many priests. You know, people think people think that that we've got so much, so many problems today that are unique to today. They're not unique to no. today. We had so many priests in the Middle Ages who had concubines, who had who had children out of wedlock yeah. because they couldn't get married. Blah 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 blah. Alexander the Borgia, was elected pope. Yeah. It was rumored that he had all of these illegitimate children. Rumored. I, I, I would remind everybody to take that with more than a grain of salt because the propagandizers of this are responsible for the black legend to smear the reputation of the church, all right? However, it was rumored that that. So what did so many of the priests in Sicily, in Sicily and in the south of, of, I don't know why for the south of of, of Italy, but it was primarily from the south of Italy, do? They organized a manifestation, a protest. Wow. And, And they walked to Rome. A very large group of them, with their concubines and with their children. Wow! They said, "They said we've got the right man right now as pope to change the law of celibacy."
0: Isn't that interesting? We can get married. Yeah.
1: Well, Pope Alexander the got word that they were on their way, and when they were, when they arrived in Rome, he didn't receive them, hmm. and his response to them through others was, "Look." I have my own sins to answer for. You have your own sins to answer for. I'm not changing the law so that I can feel good about my sin. Wow. Wow. Right? My sin is my sin. Your sin is your sin. Answer before God for it. Be a man. Right? Now, what I'm saying here is the same thing. You do not change the word of God so that you can feel better about yourself. Right. That's outrageous. Why don't you feel why don't you change yourself so you can feel much better when you hear the word of God? How about that one?
0: I like that. How about one. that? One? I Does like that it. make any sense? Of
1: course. Right, well, that's that's what we're, what we're doing right now in this in this in this attempt to form a one world government, which the United States of America is, is on the way. I, I feel so sorry for the United States of America, my, my homeland, sure. it's not the place, it's not the place, it's okay. not the place it was, and, and it's losing its position in the world and everything mm-hmm. else, but also right hand in hand with it is the, is my church. Yeah. I've got both, both, both the church and the state, everything that is public in my life that, that it has influenced me greatly is under attack and is changing on purpose and it is not changing for the right purposes. Uh, what I would say to anybody, the Jerome Bibl- biblical commentary used to be a fantastic book. I have the first edition, mm-hmm. and it was remarkable how much it helped me in college mm-hmm. and after college to get through uh, uh, and understand sacred scripture. It was a real help. But to get to the point where you say, oh, pardon me for, 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 for taking this on, I'm the pope. Yeah. I'm going to change. I'm going to change uh, the Our Father. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm the Pope. I'm going to change the Jerome Biblical Commentaries to accommodate sins that I I don't like. I don't like these sins. They shouldn't be taken so seriously. Well, shit. Can't do that.
0: No. Nope. Can can't I do that? Can't,
1: can't. No. No bishop can do that. No priest can do that. No layman can do that. Much less a Pope. So. This this is outrageous, yes, it is. and it has to. We just you have to ignore it for the time being. Terry, something is happening. Yes, a great something is happening, and we're in the middle of it. Yeah, we and are. And when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to see. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to see. All I keep telling people, and I get letters by the by, yeah. by the by the hundreds. Yes. right. Stay the course. Stay, Stay the course. course. Yeah. Remain yeah. remain faithful to God and to what the church has always taught. And don't look to the right, don't look to the left. Yeah. Stay the course.
0: I agree. If I can just make one comment while you were speaking, what came to my mind was the comment that Fulton Sheen used to say about don't become too worldly. And and if I can describe the church right mm. now, we've bought into worldliness rather than a worldly rather than a biblical worldview. In other words, you know this is what we're doing. We're 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 saying, yeah, the, the the world has so much to offer. Let's be more flexible, rather than saying, you know what, we have a mission from Jesus Christ. This is our biblical worldview, and we can't change it. And this is what I see, and I think Bishop Sheen foretold that this would be a problem. He said this, and I know you know this. Every five hundred years, the church goes through a purification, and he actually said in the early seventies. That, the purification, was that we became too worldly. And uh, that was, what, yes, 50 yes. years ago, and it's still going on. He's on to that. Spot
1: on, spot on. The, the, the thing is, too, that, uh, look, it's just it's very simple. I know some very rational mm-hmm. and good people. Do they have the faith? No, they do not have the faith. Many of them do not. Yeah. Some of them have, and some of them have reverted And some of them got it Mm -hmm. from nothing, all right? They got the faith. Yes. But many don't have the faith. But you know what they have, Terry? Tell me. They have a natural honesty.
0: There you go.
1: Truth is a natural, to tell the truth is a natural honesty. Honesty is a virtue, it's natural. It's right to tell the truth. And when they say, I can't become a Catholic because you Catholics believe A, B, or C. I say, yes, we do believe A, B, and C. Yes. And, and and that person will tell me, and I've heard it many times, I cannot become a Catholic because I hold the contrary Good. And they have reasons for it. Yeah. I don't agree with their reasons. Right. I don't I disagree with them. Sure. However, they're they're reasonable. Yeah. They're reasonable to them and they don't have the faith. Right. That's fine. What they're saying is honest.
0: Yeah.
1: You believe you believe this, I don't believe it. Right. I'm outside, you're inside. The church, Got good, it. but you don't, you don't, you do not say to anyone, look, let us change all the rules. We're going to change all the rules. <laughs> God, God didn't know what he was doing, really. <laughs> Saint Paul didn't mean that. Yeah, well, Is, Isaiah didn't mean that. <laughs> th- this one didn't mean that. No, no, they didn't mean that. They meant this. <laughs> oh, really? You're in, you're in such an august high position to be able to tell me. What the will of God was when he when he inspired sacred scripture yeah. to be written? Wow, well, this is this is absurd and and it should it cannot be accepted.
0: Remember the old term, accepted. "Pride goes before the fall." Sure does. Yeah. sure yeah. does. Before yeah. we get to the gospel, I just want to uh, recommend. We're talking about Fulton Sheen here. We just finished a day with Fulton Sheen where we had his cassock and his mitre in our chapel, and we had oh, wonderful wow. talks on the life of Fulton Sheen. And if people want to get those copies of those talks, they can call 877-526-2151 or go to our website. They should be up there by now. You can just download those by going to vmpr.org. I guarantee you're going to learn some beautiful things about Fulton Sheen uh, that I didn't even know from some of the speakers. And they were all about his love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how he was able to reach people and, and that were just totally, um, possibly Well, there were people who are indifferent, but even anti-Catholic people, how he loved them with the truth in a way that is just magnificent. Some of the stories that we heard over the weekend of how this man evangelized mm-hmm. souls. And I know, Father Murray, you and I both have been listening to his stuff and, his, and reading his books, and I just want to encourage people to do that we're going to get to the gospel it's a short gospel from from luke chapter 11 verse 29 to 32 and the theme of it and just tease you is a generation seeks a sign but no sign will be given except the sign of jonah we've been reading a lot on jonah as you know and i want folks to hear what father murr has to say on that and much much more also, I want to go out and say, Father Murr, you are on other podcasts. Uh, Robert Monahan, I know that one you you do. But uh, how can people? Uh, I, I want everybody to listen to all the different people who interview, not just us, because I think it's a good thing because it's positive. So, Father, how can is it inside the Vatican? You, Terry, you, you mean Terry?
1: You mean to tell me you want people more confused yet?
0: Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> how can they listen to your interview with Robert Monahan? Is it inside the Vatican?
1: Inside the Vatican, I think I, but I think that particular broadcast is called in Latin, "Urbi et Orbi."
0: Oh, what is it? See now, I'm, I'm... Ur, Urbi et Orbi. Okay,
1: the city and the city and the world. That's the address when the Pope speaks on on, uh, okay. I believe, on Easter and Christmas. He addresses the city of Rome and the world. It's an Excellent. expression.
0: Excellent, and Father I, but, uh, also. Yeah. I got calls yesterday about you. Uh, they want your book. I can make it simple. I, they want to write to you. I just tell them to type in uh, Father Charles Murr, and on the internet, if they, they... just if they just
1: type in, they just go to. And Terry, look how look how unadvanced I am. Yeah, I just learned the other day that www was World Wide Web.
0: Exactly. You I tell you, know I'm I'm advanced. That's I'm advancing funny. greatly, yeah, right? That's if hilarious. you just type, type in
1: www
0: dot. Charles Murr. Charles Murr. That's all you have to do folks. So and you're in my website and you can, uh, Excellent. you can get it from there. When we come back we're going to get the uh, what we call soul food the gospel and much much more with Fulton Sheen. Stay with us family you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show every Monday you can go back to the archives and listen to other shows with Father Murr. He's been here for a while I've known him for decades now <laughs> believe it or not and uh, someone you can trust. But stay with us we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I just smile, Father. I'll tell you why. Why? Because we're living in this crisis, and we're just like, we're joyful. We're, we're going through this crazy time of the church and of the world, but there's one reason why we can be happy, and I'm holding a crucifix, because that's who we worship. And we know that life is short and that eternity is forever, and we're focused on not this world. The next world because hey that's forever can we imagine that this short i'm 66 years old and it seems like life went by so fast you're over 70 and hey father we're rounding third base and we have peace yep. because we know who we are and we know our purpose in life this is what we want to share with people so let's let's get some uh, soul food in our soul uh, do you want me to read the gospel or do you have it in front of you father No, I don't have it in front of me. I'll read it. Yes, absolutely. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you, O Lord. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, this generation is an evil generation. (laughs) It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it, except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the queen of the south will rise with the men of this generation and she will condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and the men of Nineveh will rise with this generation and condemn it because at the preaching of Jonah, they repented and there is something greater than Jonah here. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Praise Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, are, are we an evil generation, Father? Here right now.
1: Well, I, I've got I've got a couple i got I'm, a couple surprises for you I'm on that ready. one. Okay. Uh, look, but first of all, I love the subtlety of our blessed Lord.
0: <laughs> it's true.
1: I, I love the subtlety. He says, "You remember Jonah?" Yeah, I do. Remember the story of Jonah? Good, good, good. He said. And at the end, he says, well, you've got one greater than Jonah here. <laughs> wow.
0: That's powerful.
1: Remember, remember Solomon? Mm-hmm. Remember Solomon? The wisdom of Solomon? Well, you've got one greater than Solomon here, right wow. in front of you. Wow. Right? Yep. So he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't too timid about his oh, identity.
0: Call it what he is. But
1: here, I want to combine that gospel. And you're a, you're a Sheen fanatic. I am. Like I'm a Sheen fanatic. Of course. We are fans yeah. of Fulton J. Absolutely. Sheen. Absolutely. Right? I'm going to combine that gospel with one of the great stories of Fulton J. Sheen.
0: I love it. All
1: right. I, I, I may be wrong on the details of this. I used to know them, but, I, but I've, you get old and you forget all the details. Forgive the details if, if I've got them wrong. But I believe it was at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was on a secular campus somewhere in about the 19, somewhere in the 1950s. Fulton J. Sheen. Liked to speak to non-Catholic audiences. He liked Catholic audiences, of course, but he also liked to bring the faith to those who are non-Catholic, and to present it in a way that would be agreeable to them, that they would start to think about it. Right. If he could just plant, if he could just plant the seeds of the faith, that was, that was what he wanted. Anyway, I believe it was at the University of Minnesota he was invited, and he went there and he spoke. He gave A fantastic uh, 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 talk about something, maybe like forty-five minutes or so. And at the end, he decided he would take questions from the audience. Well, in that audience, there was one particularly disgruntled young man, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously anti-Catholic, and he took the microphone. The microphone came to him in the in the aisle. They brought it down or up to him, and he said. What I don't understand in about Catholicism and about all Christianity said is how you can believe all of that garbage in the in the in the Bible. Well, Sheen, when it, when when the Bible was insulted, calling these things garbage, didn't didn't uh, didn't didn't upset him. Wasn't flustered because he knew where it was coming from. Okay, knew there was something wrong right off. Mm-hmm. He said. And she said, well, for example, give me an example of the garbage that's in that's in sacred scripture. For for those of you who are Protestants who are listening to us, Catholics usually refer to the Bible as sacred scripture. Yes. Right. When we say sacred scripture, we're talking about the Bible. Right. And so this this young man said, well, for example, that story of Jonah being swallowed by a whale. And, uh, you know being swallowed by a whale. And three days after, the whale opens his mouth and Jonah comes out unharmed. we said, who can believe that garbage? Well, Sheen, again, didn't get flustered at all. He explained that Jonah, the prophet Jonah, was a prefiguration in the Old Testament of Christ, who was going to be swallowed up by the earth for three days in the doom and resurrect from the dead. When the, just like the, the, the whale opened its mouth on the third day and, and Jonah was released, Christ would do the same thing. So that when Christ was referred to as the new Jonah, the Jews who were listening to him would understand what he was talking about. Right. And Shino explained all of this, and he explained it quite well. As a matter of fact, it was the first time that I, would when I was hearing that story, put two and two together, the story of Jonah with Christ. I, I didn't see any relationship with God going I, so he explained all that and the young man was persistent and antagonistic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, said, he said, I still don't understand that garbage. He said, I, I'm, not, I'm not swallowing that, I'm not buying it. He said, it's nonsense to me and pop, blah pop, pop, that's it. And Sheen, again, trying to be always the gentleman. Sheen was always a gentleman. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I don't completely understand it myself. But when I die and get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah to explain that. And then I'll understand it better. Well, there was sort of polite uh, laughter in the audience. That was a nice way to finish that segment and get onto another question. The young man grabbed the the microphone again and he said, and if Jonah isn't in heaven, and Shane just stopped and looked at him. He said,
0: well, ask him yourself. That's a great line. Oh my gosh! Awesome. You know, Father, just a quick note on that: Catholicism and Fundamentalism by Carl Keating documents. Oh, I, I can't great, give you the page great, number, great. but he talks about a whaler in nineteen or eighteen ninety-eight who was uh, found inside of a whale that they had he had been there three days. Yeah, isn't that? It's all documented. Really? Yes. <laughs> if I had, I looked my bookshelf for the book, but I think it's in Studio A. And uh people wanna know. Yeah, it's Carl Keating's book published by Ignatius Press. Uh great comment and it's documented. That's a great a- book. That's also a great book, Terry. Oh, it's a great book. It's the classic on a part. You should have I a got copy got to- of it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. So anyhow, that's a great line there. And thank you for that. Father, um, I want to shift gears if we could to the life of sure. Christ. And again, um everyone, this is a book that's available. It's not out of print. Uh I'm gonna re- recommend my copy. Uh, was put out by Word on Fire Classics by Father Bishop Robert Barron and um it's hardbound which I like because the paper doesn't really last too long so hardbound books seem to last longer and I'm I know my page number differs with Father Mers cuz he's got an older version
1: not not necessarily I think I no I, th- I think surprisingly I don't think so Okay well good What page were you on the I'm last on time?
0: 21 uh, page 21 at the top of the page where it says when men call the incarnation is but the union of two natures and divine and human in a single person, who governs both? He so said, now we're going to get into some theology here. He says, This is not difficult to understand for what is man but a, sem- a simple as, as immeasurable measurable lower level of unions of two totally different substances. And here's how the analogy, this is where he's great. One material and the other immaterial one the body and the other the soul what a great analogy he says under the regency of a single human personality what is more remote from one another than power and the capacities of flesh and spirit are you, are you there father
1: I, I, you're right we are we do have different That's uh, what I, copies thought. Of I
0: here here's yeah. my here's my thought i thought so cuz I, I but here's my thought god who brings together body and soul into one human personality notwithstanding their differences of nature, could surely bring about the union of human body and the human soul with his divinity under the control of his eternal person. This is what I meant by the, and he quotes John 1 famously, and the word was made flesh and came to dwell among us. See, here's my point, and I just think he he, he, it's so insightful. I wouldn't think like this. People say, well, God becoming man, yeah, the human nature and the divine nature and the fact that He's pointing out that well look you've got two Nate you got your 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 natural your your body and you have a soul what a way to explain uh, something something that's very very important to understand your thoughts
1: right yes 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 exactly first of all uh on the, on the the whole idea of the the incarnation yes i'm going to tell you right off tell me i've read i've read all sorts of theologians,
0: yeah,
1: from the from the fathers to the to the moderns.
0: Yeah, it's a great talk.
1: Uh, it always remains a mystery. Yes, there is no one who there is no Nobody one who absolutely explains it perfectly well because right. you can't. However, what we do know, and let's go back to a, just a rudimentary uh, yeah. fact of our faith. Sure, God right. can do everything. Right, right. I remember, I remember having dinner with Monsignor Marini, oh. and a Lebanese friend of ours was at table, and he asked a question, and he was a, a serious reader of the theology as a layman. Yeah. He said, uh, uh, the resurrection of the body, the resurrection of the body, he said, how is that going to come about? Uh-huh. He, said, he said, for example, what happens to the people who die at sea? And their bodies are thrown into the sea and eaten by the fish. Mm-hmm. Or in, in in old English, the fishes.
0: Yes. Hey, hold your thought. I want to hear the rest of this story because it sounds like great question and it'll communicate a beautiful teaching of our faith. And, you know, that's what I always and it, and it's it's And it's on subject. It is. It is. Talking. Yeah, the, the incarnation. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr, every Monday, is with us. If you want to hear more of his shows, just go to our archives under vmpr.org. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick, quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Father Charles, we sitting in for Jess Romero. It's a Monday and Father, you're just about to you set the table for us. You're at a table having dinner uh, with uh, the Archbishop and the lay layman who's of Lebanese descent, and he has a question about the resurrection. Please continue.
1: Yeah, and, and and let me just make a little commercial. Sure. The name of the restaurant was Charlie's.
0: <laughs> Charlie's, after <out> to <laughs> you. Okay. It was, it,
1: it's between it's it's, it's between the Colosseum and St. John Lateran. And it's a, and a, it's a, a great a place, man. I man. I think he's still alive. His name is Charlie.
0: Good. Anyway,
1: we were at table, and and the question comes up. Yeah. What about the resurrection? What about people who, are, who, who have no body <clears throat> be resurrected, right? Yeah. Uh, he said, for example, somebody who dies in a fire. Right. Is consumed by fire. And Marini was answering the question, and he said, don't you suppose, he said, here's your answer. Your answer is a question. Yeah. He said, don't you suppose that God who made you from nothing yeah. God who made the universe right. out of nothing.
0: Right.
1: Ex nihil. Can make something out of something. Even if it's a piece of ash. All right. The resurrection is that way that we don't get bogged down in all these things. How is it going to be? How is it... It's wonderful to think about them. Yeah, Right. But the incarnation is this. The incarnation is this. The incarnation is that The logos became man. Yeah. The logos became man. And why the logos? Here's a great thing from Saint Augustine to chew on a little bit. Augustine says Christ is the logos of the Father in the same way that the unity of the thought of a word and the expression of of that thought, the word. Mm -hmm are intimately connected. For example, Augustine says, you cannot say the word tree without thinking of tree. right? And when you're thinking of tree, you've already got the name for it. Right. He said that intimate relationship between the name of something and what the something is, is similar to what the son and the father enjoy.
0: Beautiful. The
1: father speaks the word, yeah. right? So Christ, the Word, became flesh. And what he what he talks about as body and soul yes. put in each of us yes. as, a, as, a, as a small way to understand that is perfect. It's beautiful.
0: I love it. One of the paragraphs in the life of Christ that really touched me was this. He said, The person which assumed human nature was not created, talking about Jesus, as in the case of all other persons. His person was pre-exist, the Word, or Logos, Many people don't. Yeah, Jesus preexisted. Okay, his human nature, on the other hand, was derived from the miraculous conception by Mary, in which divine overshadowing of the Spirit and the human fiat, you know, the, or the consent of a woman, were most beautifully blended. Yes, this is the beginning of a new humanity out of the material of a fallen race. You know, Adam and Eve. When the world word became flesh, it did not mean that any change took place in the divine word. That's a very important distinction. Yes. Yes. The yes. word of God proceeding forth did not leave the Father's side. What happened was not so much the conversion of the God into flesh as the taking of manhood into God. Isn't that beautiful?
1: Wow. Yeah, it is the beautiful. Guy, the
0: guy nailed it. Is it beautiful. <laughs> oh.
1: and, you know, and you know, Terry, Speaking of this, speaking of the, the the Lebanese friend, he was one of my best friends okay. until he went to God. Uh, I, I visited him in in Lebanon. Wow! I wrote a book called "The Syrian." Yeah. I was in Lebanon. I couldn't get out of Lebanon because they they closed the airport and everything else, and they started wow. bombing the house and everything. It was terrible. But anyway, uh, uh, what uh, what am I telling you this for? Oh, my goodness. We are talking about the Incarnation,
0: Father. We were talking about Sheen. Yes, the Incarnation.
1: So when I went to go see him, I got a ride from the airport to his house. Okay. When I arrived there, he was speaking with two men. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One had a fez on. Yeah. And the other didn't, but they were both Muslims. Mm -hmm. Right? And one was a doctor and one was a lawyer. Okay. They sat and they were having coffee and, and talking. And, of course, I showed up. And the one of the the, the, the Muslims had a uh, a question for me. They get right into it immediately, and they use this always. It's the same thing. I've heard it a thousand times after that, but this is the first time I heard it. Yeah. All right. He said. In other words, <laughs> he said, "You believe that God became man." He said. He said, "You'll have to forgive me, Abuna." He said, You have to forgive me, but it almost is impossible for me to say that because it's such a sacrilege.
0: Right. Yeah, blasphemy. I understand.
1: Yeah. 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 Blasphemy. That. Yes. I said I said, too. I said <laughs> no, no, feel free. Feel free. Go ahead. Nobody's <laughs> going to burn you at the stake today. <laughs> We're all out of wood. Go go ahead and speak. He said, he said, well, he said, in in other words, and then he gets down to this. He said, in other words, you're saying. And it was, and he struggled. It was, it was. I...
0: Yeah, we were, ha- he's having a hard time. We got the connection. But basically, this is very typical of a Muslim uh, talking to us Christians about the incarnation and how hard it is even to fathom that. And that the idea that God would become man is blasphemous. I've heard it over and over again. And I think we're going to get connected with uh, Father Murr in a minute here. But I think the point is, they have a hard time because God is a slave master. Okay, He's not a heavenly father that we have, and uh, we just have a different concept of who God is. And it, I, I would say, yeah, we don't worship the same God because um, He, they don't, they do things out of uh, fear of God that you can't do these things. And for us, we we know that our heavenly Father is uh, loving us and. We want to serve Him out of of our love for Him rather than fear, and uh, this is something that Muslims don't understand. Just like they don't understand uh, the will of God, uh, they they look at uh, you know uniting our will. Our, we say we unite our will with God's will, and they don't understand that uh, that we are here to do His will more than out of love rather than of fear. So. Father Murr will be back in a minute here. We were connecting at the end of the show. This is on the life of Christ. Again, I want to encourage people to pick up their own copy of the book. Again, Word on Fire Classics. Of, uh, Bishop Robert Barron is the publisher of that. He said something, too, about uh, that I've repeated over and over again. He said, A church that's not precise about what it believes is a corrupt church. And I think that Fulton Sheen's writings on the life of Christ are very precise about what the Church teaches about the Incarnation. And I would say that his comment about being precise about what the Church teaches is very important because in the last 10 or 11 years, we have had much ambiguity about does the Church still teach this. And I I believe, I I, I mean, Bishop Robert Barron said it. I, I believe I agree with him that we've become corrupted just like at the beginning of the show when we talked about the Jerome biblical commentary. Father, you were back again talking to your Lebanese friend with some Muslims. Finish the story before we have to end the show. I'm all ears. All right, here I am. Go ahead. So you were okay? Yeah, you were at the dinner table. I mean, not, you were visiting, and you came in, and the muslim we oh, were having a cup
1: of coffee, and the and, and the and the the, the yeah. Muslim yeah. Uh, said to me that yeah. this this Muslim said to me, yeah. "You mean to tell me mm-hmm. that you're yeah. saying that God needed to go to the bathroom?"
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Right. Well, I've, now I've heard that a thousand times since talking to Muslims. All right? right, but I had never heard it before, and I and I I thought about it, and I said. Yes that's exactly what I'm saying
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he got up and he got up and left. he thought you were nuts, no he got up and left no it was it was more than no it was it was it was blasphemy yeah well, and you know what it that taught me that that didn't teach me that I was wrong. It told me just how right I was, yeah, and just just how serious and unbelievably wonderful and marvelous the incarnation is,
0: yep. That's what, it,
1: that's what it taught me.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Father, we've got just a few more minutes and on this topic. We have, I know this is the middle of October, towards the end of October, but uh, Advent will be coming up before we know it. And so this topic of of the incarnation is so important that I, I just want to uh, throw one more thing at you that Fulton Sheen says that, uh, this is that it's hard for us human beings to understand humility that was involved in the word becoming flesh. You remember how Bishop Sheen's analogy about the dog. Remember that? Can you share that one? Because you know, that I think that really communicates that very
1: well. It it, it was, it was very striking. He said, imagine, imagine you, uh, (laughs) you're like dogs.
0: Yeah. Going at each other.
1: And you watch them. You saw that they misbehave at times they shred uh, uh they shred up things that you don't want them to shred up. they bite mailmen, yeah they bark a lot this sudden and the other thing they had a lot of things that needed correcting and out of your love for dogs, you became a dog. Now you have two feet all of a sudden you have four. Mm-hmm. You have uh, 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 a shower and, and you're clean every morning. All of a sudden, you have fleas. You uh, uh, you 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 have the gift of language, the thought of words, complex ideas and sentences, and now you can only bark. Mm-hmm. Right. For your love of dogs, you became a dog to save them, and just. At the end of their salvific, of your salvific journey, Mm -hmm. they turned on you and killed you. Yep. He said, if it's hard for you to imagine becoming a dog, what must it have been for God to become man?
0: Yeah, it's a great, great story. Great analogy. You know, Father, you do a similar thing that Bishop Sheen does, and I try to do that, but you do it well by telling stories that communicate a profound statement. you know. So I want to thank you for doing that. I hear the music. That means we're closing in. Oh, terry, 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 I
1: was always going to give you a last story that was really important.
0: <laughs> well, we'll do that next Monday.
1: <laughs> Remind me to start off with it.
0: I will do that, Father. Father, can we receive a blessing before we have to go, please?
1: Absolutely. Benedicat Vos Omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius, it's Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Amen.
0: Father, I ask Jesse yeah, this question every day. What state should we be living in, Father?
1: The state of grace.
0: Amen. And how do we do that, folks? Stay close to Jesus in the sacrament of confession. If you're not going once a once a month, that's that's not enough. We need to go at least once a month and stay in the good graces with the God with our God. And even if you're not in mortal sin, look at the graces you receive from this great sacrament. Also, Our Lady of Fatima, she said it: souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We can join in the salvific work of Jesus Christ by offering all our actions to Him. God, we bless you.